The Catholic Church is not here to teach us how to feel good. Christ established his church to teach us how to be good, to guide us in the ways of holiness. That's what the church is here for, to teach us how to be holy. And one of the most common problems for anyone who's striving to become holy arises or confronted with important decisions. Why? Because if we're actually in whole, interested in holiness, we want to be careful to follow God's will. But that's not always crystal clear. So when we're faced with a difficult or confusing decision and we wonder, just what is the will of God in all of this? What are we supposed to do? Today, we'll find out what the church has suggested. Keep in mind that God is the absolutely perfect Father. He loves us, and as part of his providential love for us, he's provided us with examples and guides, different saints, to help us in particular situations. For example, in the area of morals, we have St. Alphonsus. In the area of interior life, we have St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, and of course, the little flower. For philosophy and theology, we have the great St. Thomas Aquinas and so forth. So it isn't a surprise that God would also send us a saint to teach us how to handle difficult or confusing decisions. Today, we'll take some time looking at the teaching and the method of that particular saint, the method for making difficult choices or decisions. It's taught by that great saint, the founder of the Jesuits, St. Ignatius of Loyola. As we'll see, this method is extremely practical and easy to understand. We'll explain it in the sermon, and then everybody can get a copy of this pamphlet after Mass. It's sitting there and in the back, and also, if you have it, mortify your appetites right now and listen. I'll explain it, and you can look at it later, but just set it aside for now. Anyway, this is St. Ignatius' Guide for Making Important Decisions. It's taken from the spiritual exercises. And I've just slightly edited it to make it more clear what he's talking about, only not to change any of the meaning of St. Ignatius, but some of the more obscure terms. So I certainly have kept faithful to what he's saying, although I have changed a few words only for that reason. Anyway, St. Ignatius starts out by pointing out something that should be obvious to all of us, that the most important thing, the single most important thing, the thing that we always need to keep in mind is that we've been created specifically to give glory to God and by doing that to save our souls. He points out that this idea, this fundamental notion needs to be the basis for all our choices. St. Ignatius, quote, to make a good choice our intention ought to be simple. Only looking what, at what we are created for, namely the praise of God our Lord and the salvation of our soul. And so I ought to choose whatever I do that it may help me for the end for which I am created. Close quote, St. Ignatius. Okay, so what has he done? He's just reminded us that when we're doing something, we need to keep our mind and our eye firmly on the goal towards which we're headed. But now the saint gives us a very important warning. And you young people, it's critical. You let down your ears and listen right now. 
St. Ignatius warns us we have to be careful to choose the right means to reach our end. Remember by that, the end is to give glory to God and save our souls. He warns us that many people do not do this. Here's St. Ignatius's slightly edited explanation. Quote, many people choose first to marry, which is a means, and secondarily to serve God our Lord in the married life. But this is upside down since we've been created to serve God in the first place. Remember that to serve God is our end. There are also who want in the first place to have comfortable lives and then to serve God in them. The problem here is that these men do not go straight to God, but they want God to come straight to their disordered tendencies. So what they should have taken first, they take last. Because in the first place, we have to set as our aim the service of God. That's our end. And in the second place, we take a particular job or marry, which is the means by which we may accomplish the end. Close quote, St. Ignatius of Loyola. His basic point here is the basis for our choices like this is simple. Whether we choose something like a job or a state in life, or whether we reject that job or that state in life, we keep the one goal in mind that we're here to give glory to God and thus to save our souls. We have to keep that in the first place. Keep that, young people. It applies to all of us, but you young people are at the age where you have to start thinking about which direction am I going in your life. This is what you keep front and center. Then you make your choice on that basis, and we don't turn things upside down by making our decisions first and then expecting we're going to wrestle around God till he takes our point of view. Then he's not God. He's in charge. He's in the driver's seat. And we are to submit to him and not expect him to submit to us. Notice also that we don't make these decisions on the basis of how we feel. We have to keep the glory of God and the salvation of our soul front and center, not how I feel. We better not choose what we feel like and expect God to put his rubber stamp on it, okay? That's completely upside down. That's not the path to holiness. Okay, before I explain his method, St. Ignatius makes three more preliminary points. First, anything we choose has to be allowed by Holy Mother of the Church. If it isn't, it isn't the will of God. That's just a no-brainer. X that one out. It's forbidden by the church, then God doesn't want me to do it. Number two, some choices are unchangeable, such as priesthood, I'm stuck, or marriage. Everyone who married here is stuck. Third, if we've made an unchangeable choice, it's a done deal. We're stuck. If we chose wrongly, what do we do? St. Ignatius points out that we repent, but then we work out our salvation by leading a good life in our situation. In that situation, we don't try to squirt out from under it. We lead a good life in that situation. Okay? So anything we choose has to be allowed by Holy Mother of the Church. Things like the priesthood and marriage are unchangeable. If we've made an unchangeable choice, it's a done deal. Even if we've messed up, then what do we do? We repent and work out our salvation 
in that particular state. So much for the preliminaries. Now let's go through some of the methods that St. Ignatius proposes for us to come to a knowledge of what God's will is when we're trying to make a difficult decision. We'll consider three methods this morning. These are methods that are done when our soul is at relative peace. There's stuff for when things are turbulent. We'll talk about that another day. They are mentioned in here, but we need more details. And for the sake of time, we'll limit ourselves to things when our soul is relatively at peace. We're struggling with a particular decision, but it isn't a big storm. We can stay at somewhat at peace. Okay. The first method we'll look at has six steps that are easy to keep track of. The first thing, step one, we place the problem before us. This is best to do in front of the Blessed Sacrament as possible, if not in front of a crucifix or a picture of the Sacred Heart. We kneel down and we place that problem before us. Should I go to the monastery? Should I stay out in the world? Should I take this job or not? Do I have a vocation to marriage or what? Okay? Step two. We keep in mind this principal point that we've been created specifically for the glory of God and for the salvation of our soul. And then, keeping that in mind, we imagine ourselves, as it were, in the middle of a pan balance, where on the one side we have the take it balance, and the other side we have leave it. Should I take this job? Should I leave it? Should I go to the monastery? Should I stay in the world? Should I date this man? Should I not? Okay, the take it or leave it thing right there. Then in our mind's eye, we balance this so we're not more inclined to take this thing than to leave it or to leave it and take it. We get that in our mind's eye balanced like this, okay? Should I stay in the world? Should I go to the monastery? We balance the pan because what we're trying to do is find out which choice is more for the glory of God than the salvation of the souls. So now we have this internal balance, in, internal balance before God. Step three, we beg God to move our will and make it clear to us what he wants us to do. We're asking God to make that clear for us. Step four, now keeping in mind, we've got to keep this in mind, the, the glory of God and the salvation of our souls, we reckon up the advantages in taking this particular choice and, on the other hand, the disadvantages from taking it. So we're looking at the advantages and disadvantages from taking it, like what would I do, what are the advantages to go in the monastery, what are the disadvantages to go in the monastery. On the other hand, then we flip it over and we reckon what are the advantages uh, to not going to the monastery? What are the advantages, disadvantages to not going? So we're either, either one, you know, what are the advantages and disadvantages for taking this choice? What are the advantages and disadvantages for not taking it? This is not an economic calculation. What are the advantages and disadvantages weighed in the light of eternity? We're saying, which is more for the glory of God and the salvation of my soul? Advantage, disadvantage. Which is more for the glory of God and the salvation of my soul, you know, if I, if I leave it? Advantage, disadvantage. Okay? So we've got those. So we have it balanced out like that. In the light of eternity, we've looked at the advantages and disadvantages for either taking the choice or leaving the choice. Step five. After we've considered the advantages and disadvantages from taking and the advantages and disadvantages from leaving it, we then choose according to the greater inclination of reason. What's more reasonable? Not what my feelings say. We want to remember, thanks to loss of gift integrity, our feelings are all over the place. We don't pay attention to those. We're doing it according to the inclination of reason. Our feelings might be going one way, but our reason tells us other. We follow our reason. 
Faith is rooted in the intellect, not in our emotions. If we want God to help us, we don't get dragged around by our feelings. That's, if we want somebody to help us with our feelings, we're going to have the wrong guy helping us there. God will help us with the intellect. That's where we get the lights from Him. Sixth step, we place this choice before God in prayer and ask Him to confirm it, if it be for His greater honor and glory. Okay, let's review those six steps real quickly. Number one, we place this thing before us. Number two, we keep in mind what we're here to do, give glory to God and save our souls, and we set up that pan balance in our imagination. And we balance it so we're neither not more inclined to take it or to leave it. We come to a balance. Step three, we beg God to move our will as to which direction He wants. What Make it clear to us. Then, after we've asked Him for that, keeping in mind the glory of God and the salvation of our souls, we reckon up the advantages and disadvantages for taking it and the advantages and disadvantages for leaving it. Then, step five, we choose according to the greater inclination of reason, not according to our feelings. Reason, not feelings. Finally, step six, we place this choice before God in prayer and ask Him to confirm it if it's for His greater honor and glory. That's the first method. The next two are very easy to remember. St. Ignatius, the second method we'll look at. He proposes us another way. Imagine a man that we've never seen, talked to, or met before walking up to us. And he comes to us with a problem. The very problem that we're considering. Let's suppose I'm wondering whether I should go in the monastery. He comes up to me and asks me for advice. So in prayer I'm thinking about this. Here comes this man. Should I go to the monastery? And he gives me all his reasons. We sit there. I want this man to become a saint. I want him to give greater glory to God and thus save his soul. So he proposes to me. He tells me the whole situation. And then I give him my advice. Then you just turn right around and take that advice for yourself. It's a way of detaching your feelings so you can speak dispassionately to another person who isn't you, about you. That's what St. Ignatius is doing for us. At least I really like that particular way, but they're all good. Another method from St. Ignatius. Imagine we're right at the very point of death. There we are, laying on our deathbed, and we're looking back over our life, and we consider this particular problem. And right there, in the light of eternity as we're dying, we consider what would we have liked to have done in that particular situation. And we take that advice. Now there's other things in this pamphlet. There's other methods. That's just through three that we're looking at for the sake of time. There are other things in it. Take one of these. Read it carefully. Keep it in your Bible or your missile or prayer book. Keep it somewhere where you can refer to it when you need it. St. Ignatius brings two fundamental truths to our attention. Fundamental truths are almost totally lost in our atheistic, materialistic culture. The first truth is that a choice, any choice, is judged by one standard and one standard only. A choice is only a good choice when it's permitted by the church and it's being done for the greater glory of God and the salvation of our souls not on what we feel like or what we desire. The second truth is that this life is basically just boot camp for eternity. It's just a short testing period for eternal life. What we do right here and right now has eternal consequences. Let's quote, close with a thought from St. Ignatius. Quote, To make a good choice 
our intention ought to be simple. Only looking at what we are created for. Namely, the praise of God our Lord and the salvation of our soul. And so I to choose whatever I do that it may help me for the end for which I am created. Close quote, St. Ignatius of Loyola.